I don't think there's ever been a time where you and I haven't been so inundated with disturbances and hindrances and things that are coming at us every single day of our lives. We are being hit by text messages, by messages from television, people calling. It's just never been like this. Earlier years I remember where I, if I was away from home, I didn't get a telephone call and it didn't bother me. If I needed to call someone and I was out on the road, I either had to go and ask someone whether I can use their, their telephone because cell phones was not available and or I have to had to go and use a, a, a pay phone as we called them ticky boxes in, in, in those days. But it didn't bother us. But today, if you don't get a message or text message for, for an hour or so, you are getting worried. Why are people ignoring me? Why don't I hear anything from anyone? And it shouldn't be like that. So what is going on around us? Now, from my point of view, it's because we are becoming more and more ineffective. And in order for you and I to stay f effective, we have to stay focused. And this is really what we're going to talk about in this episode of the Rise and Shine show. So please stay tuned until right after the intro and we will discuss this topic in greater depth. Welcome to the Rise and Shine show where we help you to become the leader that you were born to be. The show is proudly brought to you by Sunshine Harvest and now let's move on to today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of the Rise and Shine show. As you know my name is Yanni and it's really great for me to to chat with you today and like I said in the in the intro today we're going to uh, talk on the topic stay focused to stay effective because you and I are inundated every day with so many things that are competing for our attention we get text messages we get telephone calls it doesn't matter where you are you most of the time you take your your mobile phone with you so you are reached with people can reach you on email they can reach you on messenger they can reach you via the social media channels it's just so disturbing that we don't have peace and we think we have been led to be thinking that if I don't have this mobile device in my hand and I'm not being disturbed all the time, that I'm actually not productive, that I'm not effective. And that is not true. The more peace we have, the more effective we can be. And I'm going to give you some, some tips from my own life, from people that I'm walking with. But also I'm going to give you some examples from ancient scriptures where we can see that we shouldn't be disturbed all the time. Now the first scripture that I'm going to share with you is from John 14 verse 1. And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples here. In other words, he's, he's in a group of uh, of students, if you wish. These people have been walking with him for about three years and he's really intensively trained them to to walk with him. 
and he's taught them many things and now he's going away. So this is really the background where Jesus is speaking to them and he's going to go to the cross so their lives are going to change drastically but they don't really know that yet. Although he's uh, told him that but they don't really believe that what he's saying is really true. Now in John 14 verse 1 Jesus says to the disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. You hear what I'm saying? Do not let your heart be troubled. In other words, don't lose focus. You believe in and hear to and trust in and rely on God. Believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely also on me. So here Jesus is saying, there is coming a lot of turmoil. But don't be alarmed. You believe in God, but also believe in me. So that is really our focus. And that's where our focus is supposed to be. When things come as it is today, and I don't have to tell you that everything is in turmoil around us today. There's so many things happening. And I'm telling you, behind the scenes, there are even more things happening that you and I don't even know about. And I'm not going to dwell on these things today and I'm, we're not going to dive into that. I might just share a few things here and there with you. But the focus today is, is to stay focused and stay focused on what? That is really the issue that you and I are struggling with. And the, we, we, we got to the point where we don't even sleep properly because our mobile devices on, on most of the time, some people say, yeah, but it's just for as an emergency. I just need to keep it on. But it's not necessarily true because if you leave that mobile device next to you where you sleep on your bedside table, those um, signals that are going out all the time, it's disturbing and it's disturbing your sleep even. Now, I'm not going to go on to that topic because there might be people that, that differ from me from that. But I, I tell you, we need to get a proper night's rest so that we can really get our brain patterns into equilibrium. And that's why it's so important that we get proper sleep, that we stay uh, at peace and that we stay focused. Now, why is this so important? When you and I are not focused, we cannot be effective. You will know for yourself if you're trying to multitask, you, you do one thing and then you let go there and you try to do something else. And that's where the problem many times starts because I don't finish the one thing and then I go on to the next. So in my subconscious mind, this uh, thing that I started with, this task or uh, a, something that I had to do that was on my to-do list and I didn't finish it, this stays in the back of my mind. And it's almost like a program that takes up memory on your computer. It's not open. You minimized it, but it's still running. So it still takes up resources. And it's the same with you and I. The moment I leave something behind and I don't finish it, it bothers me. Because I know I have to go back and I have to go and finish it. So whether you leave it for five minutes or five days or a month, it's still bothers you and until you finish that then and then only will you 
be able to to get it out of your memory, out of your subconscious mind, and then it doesn't take up resources anymore. Now, for today's exercise, I'm not again, I'm not going to dwell on that, but that's very simple principle and something that you can apply in your life. So just go and look how many things you have that are open loops that you haven't finished. And those are things that are bothering you. And those are sometimes the things that are keeping you back from completing things that you're supposed to complete. Now, let's let's go on because we don't really want to dwell there. Now, where should our focus be? Now, I'm telling you, if you don't have a relationship with, with Jesus Christ, if you don't have uh, an experience where you have been born again, then you are losing out. Now, these principles that I'm sharing with you, it, it works whether you are uh, a born-again believer or not, but it's just better to be a born-again believer so that you can get into this close relationship with Jesus. And that's really what he's telling his disciples here as well. He says, know me. That's really what he wants. He wants you and I to get to know him because when we focused on him, he's like the intelligence. If you look at a, at a military operation, we need the intelligence to know what's coming and what's going to happen. And this is exactly what Jesus did here with his disciples. He said to them, there's trouble coming. I'm warning you. Now you can go and read the whole chapter 14, 15, and even 16 of John because that's where Jesus deals on, on, on these things. And another thing to note here is that Jesus says to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. So if you want to be at peace, then you shouldn't let your heart be troubled. And now you may say, yeah, but Yanni, how am I going to do that? I cannot do that. But you know what? You can do that. If Jesus says you can do it, then you can do it. So it's your decision. It's just a decision. It's not always as easy as I might put it here, but it's just a decision. You and I have to decide. And that's our entire lives. Because God did not make us robots. He didn't make us like the animals. The animals go by instinct. You and I not. You and I have been given the privilege to decide for ourselves. So God is not going to do this stuff for you. He gives you the options. He gives you everything that you need. And you have to make the decision. He's there for you all the time. Even when you make a, make, make a mistake or you decide to do something illegal, or something wrong, something that you're not supposed to do, something that's going to hurt you, something that's going to hurt your, your spouse or your family. He's there to help you, but he will not intervene because he's a just God. He cannot because he made you and I in his image. And because he did that, he says, I made you so that you can decide for yourself. So that's just also a tip so that you can know that whatever you do is your decision. I can share all these, these truths with you, but it's your decision what you're going to do with it. Now, for us to, to be able to stay focused, we have to stay, stay focused on something. And for me and for believers, it is to stay focused on Jesus. Now listen yeah. in Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2. I'm first going to read verse 2, and then I'm going to go back to uh, verse 1 so that I can explain to you where this is coming from. Now, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. Now, it says here in Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says, Looking away 
from all that will distract to Jesus. So here he's basically saying the same thing that he said there in, in John 14 verse 1. So Paul says here, look away from all this that will distract by looking to Jesus. So if you don't want to be distracted by all these things that are coming at you every single day, then you just have to look at Jesus. Because when you're focused on him, he helps you to get all rid of all these things. He even says uh, to, to his disciples and to the people, he says, come to me if you are heavily laden and burdened and if you labor, if you labor in, even in your mind all the time. And I've always wondered, how do I do that? How do I come to Jesus and how do I cast this burden on him and all that? But you know what, what I realized? It's actually very simple. Because when you and I come to him and we focus on him, in his presence we cannot bring all this disturbances and stuff. It just disappears. It just, it just falls off of our shoulders. That's how we cast our burden on him. It's actually very simple. So just run to God, get into his presence, get to know him, and all these things just disappear. Now, it may not just happen like that with a snap. It may take some, some work from your, on your part, but you've already got it. You can already do it because you have the ability to make that choice, to make that decision. Now, let's go on. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith and is also the finisher of our faith. Jesus, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and now he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So what does this all say? Jesus, who should be our focus. And why should he be our focus? Because he is our forerunner. He already did these things that I'm sharing you, you, um, with you over here. And because he knew there was a prize that was set before him. And you know what that prize was? That prize was you and I. He came to set you and I free so that we have the ability to come to God freely so that we can receive life from him, so that we can receive everything we need, whether it's trouble uh, or whether it's times of, of good, times of prosperity and everything. You and I never ever have to be in a state where we get into a frenzy because he says, I do not want to, you to fear because I did not give you a spirit of fear even. Because God is love. And that is so precious. It is so precious. We just think about it. So when you and I look at this prize that was set before us, when we look at Jesus, just like him, it says here, there was joy. There was joy with him when he realized, he, although he had to go through all this stuff, he had to be crucified, he had to be uh, basically torn to pieces, his body, but he knew why he did it. And he knew what the outcome was. And you and I also know what the outcome is when we stay focused on Jesus. He's only got good plans for you and I. But you and I have to make the decision to do that. You and I do not have to 
go through the valley of the shadow of death. We do not have to go through that, but it's our decision. It's not God's decision. It'll be your decision if you go through stuff like that. So all this calamity that's happening around us, we, where things are still locked down and there's a whole bunch of measures around us or put on us every single day, we can focus on those things and let it disturb us, but it's not necessary. It, to the contrary, we actually have to look at Jesus, stay focused on him so that we can stay effective. Now, Jesus, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, that's why he could endure the cross. He could despise and ignore the shame because we might not understand that. But he was humiliated before the whole world. He was stripped of all his dignity. He was stripped of his clothes and he was hung on that cross in total, total humiliation. And that's the shame. But he decided he will not look at that because he knew for you and I he had to die so that you and I can live and so that we can come to God with freely and with everything that we have so that we can live and truly live. And now look at what, what he obtained through being obedient to God. He's now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That's where you and I are supposed to sit. We are supposed to be in Christ, sitting with him at the right hand of the Father on the throne. And that's where you and I can be. And that's what Jesus wants for us. And now we're going to go back to Hebrews 12 verse 1, which says, Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance and in brackets unnecessary weight, anything that tries to weigh you down and that sin which so readily clings to and entangles us. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence to the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Remember what? Our topic is stay focused to stay effective. So when we run the race that is set before us, and you've got a race that you have to run, I've got a race that I have to run, and although we are running at the same time, maybe even the same race, but only you can win your race. Only I can win my race. So you're a winner, I'm a winner. But we have to choose to stay focused so that we can finish our race. Do you understand what I'm saying? I really trust that you do. But as we go along, I'm going to explain to you a little bit more. Now, for you and I to know where to walk, we can look at a lot of stuff. We can look at what God did in our lives or what God did in history and all that. And that is great. It's awesome. But you know what? Jesus Christ wants a relationship with you. He wants you to get to know him. And in a, in a few minutes, we're going to look at specific scriptures that I'm going to share with you where you will understand what it means to have a close relationship with him. Because when you know a person, you know 
whether you can rely on that person. You know how that person is going to react. You know whether you've got the, uh, the freedom to go and ask that person to do something for you or whether not. There's some people you don't even want to go and ask them because you know what the answer is going to be. You know what the response is going to be. You know what the reception is going to be. But then there are other people. You know you can ask them anything. doesn't matter whether it's during the day or during the night. They're always available. They will always help you under all circumstances. And that is what Jesus wants for us. He's always available 24-7. 365 days a year, all the time. And he's there for you and I. We don't have to pick up a phone. We just can just say, Jesus, help me. Or whatever you want, whatever you need. And the thing is, when you and I get into a relationship with someone, we don't always want stuff. We also want to do things for that person. So what I'm saying is not... Just go to it with a little list to, to Jesus all the time. He wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to get to know you. Like this morning, he said to me, I want you to, to come and, and, and be with me at a specific time. And you know, he's so gracious, he even woke me up. He woke me up at the right time. I didn't have to set up an alarm clock or anything. And that is what he wants. He wants that close relationship with you and I. And you and I can... Learn how to do that because we want to get to know him. Because the more you get to know someone who you love and who's dear to you, the easier it gets to be with that person. Because you know that person. You know you want to spend time with that person. And one of the reasons how we get there is through the scriptures. Now, this scripture that I'm going to give you now, to me, is very precious and it's very important as well because... Jesus says, yeah, uh, now we, actually this is an answer on a question where some of the religious people actually tried to trick him. But I'm not going to go into that now. I'm just going to give you the, the, the scripture. You can go and read around it if you want. But Jesus said to the, to the guys here, he says, you are wrong or you make mistakes. It says in other, translate, uh, other translations, you are wrong because you know neither the scriptures, neither the power of God. And that is where you and I many times make mistakes. We don't know what the scriptures are saying. We listen to other people and either those people don't know or they deliberately will try to mislead you and get you in the, in the wrong direction. And that is not so cool. So that's why Jesus is saying, you neither know the scriptures, nor do you know the power of God. And God is so powerful that he can take you as a human being, although he made you in his image, he made you in his likeness, but there was um, a fall through Adam and Eve when they basically gave their authority that God gave them. They gave it to Satan. He came to them with a bunch of lies, and that's why you and I, before we are born again, will we struggle. And many of the people that are already born again, they also struggle. They don't know how to walk in victory. And it's actually so simple. That's one of the reasons why I'm sharing this message with you. Now, I may talk a lot, but I really trust that you get the message here. It's easy to walk with God. God has given you everything that you need for your life. And we're going to get to specific 
scriptures there which will help you tremendously. And the, the next verse that I'm going to give you is um, Isaiah 34 verse 16. Now most of these things that I'm reading to you come from the Amplified Bible. Now listen to this and then I'm going to explain it to you. The prophet Isaiah says here, he says, Seek out of the book of the Lord and read. This is again uh, mentioning the scriptures. Not one of these details of prophecy shall fail. None shall want and lack her mate in fulfillment. For the Lord, the mouth of the Lord has commanded and his spirit has gathered them. Let me read it to you again. Seek out of the book of the Lord and read. Not one of these details of prophecy shall fail. None shall want and lack her mate in fulfillment. For the mouth of the Lord is commanded and his spirit has gathered them. Now, what does this say? It sounds like a mouthful, but it's actually very simple. All it says, go and seek the scriptures. When you see something, or God gives you something specific from scripture, or even just in your mind, go and look for it. Go and seek for it where it's referred to in the scriptures. And then you go and look for its mate. In other words, you go and look for the scripture that confirms what you just saw. And here God promises, he says through prophet Isaiah, he says, each one of these prophecies shall come to pass. None of these shall fail. Because when you look for it, there is a mate for it. And the moment you find the mate, the fulfillment will come. Because God has spoken it. Because God is faithful. Isn't that cool? So remember that scripture, make a note of that so that you can always remember if God gives you something, always go and look and search the scriptures for the mate of that particular word or that prophecy that you received. And the moment you receive it, the fulfillment will come. It might not come immediately, but the fulfillment will come because God promises this. Isn't that cool? And you know, when we trust God, and this is... um. I'm going to share a little bit from from the the lives of the Israelites where they left Egypt and the life of Moses because this will also help you to understand what it means to have a relationship with God or just to know about God. Now, if you know the 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 history, the Israelites moved to Egypt at a certain stage when there was when there was famine in, in, in the world. And Joseph, one of Jacob's sons, was sent to Egypt and he prepared a place there basically for them. And in the famine they came there and they bought food from the Egyptians. And Joseph was put in charge of all these things. So when Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but they didn't recognize him. And they actually sold him. They sold him as a slave, and that's how he got to Egypt. But God was true to his word, and God was faithful. And Joseph was even faithful. He trusted God, whether he was uh, accused of all kinds of stuff. He was even thrown in prison. But even in prison, he always trusted God. He never let go of God's principles and God's laws for his life. He always stayed true to God. 
And God raised him up for the right time. And you've got a purpose that God has given you birth for. And you, when you fulfill your purpose, you're going to be able to lead a lot of people around you, some people that you might not even know. You will be able to lead those people out of distress, out of circumstances and situations which will try to destroy their lives. And that's exactly what what, uh, God did through Joseph as well. So you can go and read the, 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 the history of that as well. But anyway, so now after 430 years, God heard the cry of his people and he said, because they were oppressed by the Egyptians. Let me just say that, just to uh, complete the picture a little bit for you if you don't know the history. So uh, when the Israelites first went to Egypt, everything was great. Moses was there. Uh, um, Joseph was there. And the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh, he knew these people. But then he died. And then another king rose up. He didn't know these people. And they started getting afraid of the Israelites because they, they uh, as a nation, they grew more and more and they became stronger and stronger. So what they did, they started using them as slaves. The Egyptians started using the Israelites as slaves and they really started oppressing them. And they cried out to God and God heard their cry and he wanted to, to take them out. And God took a man called Moses and through a whole set of circumstances, God trained Moses to lead his people out of Egypt. Now, again, I'm not going to go into all the details. You can go and read the story yourself. It's, it's very interesting. It's very cool to see how God worked with his people here. But the thing that I want to point out to you, Moses really had a relationship with God. And there was a time... I think it's in Exodus 19, where God came to his people, to this whole nation. And he said to them, listen, I want to be your God. I've made you a a nation of kings and priests. And I want to have a relationship with you. I want you to listen to me. And I will speak to you directly. But there was the the mountain where they were, the mountain was shaking and there was thunder and lightning and and they were so afraid of God and all these things that are happening that they said, no, 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 please, no, we don't want to listen to you. You can speak to Moses and we will listen to him. So they basically said to God, listen, I don't want to know you. I don't want to have anything from you except you, you do it through Moses. And that really broke God's heart because these were his people. He wanted a relationship with them. And they said, I don't want it. So Moses had this close walk and this close relationship with God. He's, at one stage, he spent 40 days and 40 nights up on the mountain in God's presence. And it says there, it says, and Moses sat with God and God spoke to Moses as a man with his friend. Moses was a friend to God. Isn't that amazing? The God Almighty, the the, the creator of everything, he wants to be your friend. And that's really what Jesus came to restore. Now, this was way before Jesus. But Moses had the freedom and the relationship 
and the and the uh, the opportunity to choose to walk with God, and He did it. It didn't come, you know, again just with a snap of a finger. There was a lot of stuff that Moses also had to go through, but the uh, fact of the matter is, he wanted to be with God. He wanted to be a friend of God, and God really conversed with him all the time, but the Israelites didn't want to do this. And now, they, um, through circumstances, they left Egypt, and they were on their way to the promised land. But now, there was a bit of an obstacle. There was uh, a sea, which was called the Red Sea. And when they got there, after they left, the Egyptians realized, but wait a second, we made a mistake. Now we, we chased all our slaves away. Who's going to do the work for us now? And they decided they're going to bring them back with force. So at that time, the Egyptians were the rulers of the world. They were the, the um, world rulers. And this pharaoh, this king decided, and he took his best men, and he himself went, and they pursued with, with their chariots and with his army, they pursued the Egyptian, the, the Israelites, into the desert. And now, you must, can just think for yourself. Now the, the Israelites, on the one hand, there was the sea. So if they go into the sea, they think they're going to drown. On the, on the other side, here comes the Egyptian army. But God knew all this, and God has already prepared a way out. And this is also an important thing for you to remember. Whatever you face in your life, doesn't matter what it is, God has already given you everything you need to go through that circumstance. Whether it's finances, whether it's uh, strength, whether it's people that uh, need to be around you to strengthen you, to walk with you, God has provided everything you need even before you get into that situation. It's not always easy for us to see it, but when we know God, like I said in the beginning, if you know a person, you know if, I'm, if I go and ask Sam something, Sam will definitely do it for me. doesn't matter what the circumstances, doesn't matter what the time of day or night it is, Sam will do it. And that's exactly what God is also. He gives you everything you need even before you get into that situation. Anyhow, so now the Egyptians came and the, the Israelites, they feared and they, they, they uh, started moaning and complaining and they say, yeah, but why did you bring us here? Why didn't you leave us in Egypt? We, um, we don't want to come and die here in the desert. And now listen, I'm going to read you both from... Uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament where there's reference to Moses, what, how he responded to these Israelites. But just before I get there, in, at, right at the end, uh, something happened and God, there were 10 plagues. And the last plague that God sent on the Egyptians was where God killed all the firstborn from uh, the people, as well as from animals. So in every single household in Egypt, someone died. And this happened during the night. But God protected his people through the Passover. And not one of their people even got touched. Not one of their children or one of their livestock got touched. But 
everything that the Egyptians had was 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 touched. All the firstborn were killed that night, and just before this happened, Moses went to Pharaoh for this. This is, this is now the tenth time, and every time Pharaoh he would say, "Yeah, okay, you can go," and then when God took away the plagues and everything, then or that particular plague. He hardened his heart again and he said, no ways, you cannot go. But this particular night, Moses and Aaron, his brother, went to Pharaoh. And they said to Pharaoh, you must let God's people go. Now listen to this. Pharaoh got so upset and mad with Moses and he said to him, get away from me. This is from Exodus 10 verses 28 and 29. Get away from me. See that you never enter my presence again. For the day you see my face again, you shall die. This is what the king of the Egyptians said to Moses. He said, get out of here. The day when you see my face, you will die. Now listen what Moses' response is. Moses said, you have spoken truly. I will never see your face again. And this is important to note here because I'm going to show you now that it was a decision that Moses took here never to see Pharaoh's face again. Pharaoh threatened Moses, but Moses said to him, I will never see your face again. So Moses decided here, you will never see the face of Pharaoh again. And now we get to the circumstances that I just explained to you where the Israelites are now basically sandwiched in between the, the, the ocean, between the sea, and between the Egyptian army. And now the people are starting to cry and they get upset with Moses and all that. And listen to what Moses says to them. I'm first going to give it to you from the book of Exodus in the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 14 verse 13 which says, Moses told the people, fear not because they I mean they were shaking with fear and Moses said to them fear not just like Jesus there what I shared with you there in in John 14 verse 1 do not let your hearts be troubled okay fear not stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will work for you today So Moses was not focused on the circumstances. Moses was focused on God, on his friend, because he knew God already gave them the the route of escape, the provision to get out of the circumstance. He didn't know at this time what was going to happen. He didn't know what God was going to do, but he knew God was a good God and God already provided for them to get out of the situation. And then he says, for the Egyptians you see have seen today, you shall never see again. Now I want you to take note here. He didn't see, say to the people, for the Egyptians we have seen today, we shall never see again. He focused this on the people because remember what I just shared with you. Yeah, in Exodus 10, Moses said to that king, he says, you have spoken right. I will never see your face again. So Moses didn't even look at the Egyptians. He did not look behind him. He just looked at God because he knew God was a good God. 
he was God's friend and God was his friend and he knew that God only had good plans for them. That's why he says to the people here, for the Egyptians you have seen today, you shall never see again. And this is important for you and for me. What are we looking at? What are you looking at? Are you looking at the circumstances? Are you looking at the hardships? Or are you looking at Jesus? Like I showed you in the beginning. Now I'm going to share with you from Hebrews chapter 11 verse 27. Now this is referring to exactly the same scripture. But now listen how Paul relates this to us. He says, motivated by faith. Moses left Egypt behind him, being unawed and undismayed by the wrath of the king of Egypt. For Moses never flinched, but held staunchly to his purpose and endured steadfastly as one who gazed on him who is invisible. Isn't that cool? I'm going to read it to you again. Man, it makes me so excited. Motivated by faith, Moses left Egypt behind him, being unawed and undismayed by the wrath of the king. For Moses never flinched, but held staunchly to his purpose and endured steadfastly as one who gazed on him who is invisible. And remember what I shared with you there from Hebrews 12, especially verse 2. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. Doesn't that sound very much the same? Moses did not look at the Egyptians. He already decided way back then. He's not going to look at the Egyptians again. He will not see them again. So that's what he said to the people. And then he said, God, but how are you going to get out of this? And God actually reprimanded him. God said to him, why are you crying to me? What do you have in your hand? And Moses had a staff that the the, the shepherds used. He had that staff in his hand and God said, use what you have in your hand because that staff which you have in your hand is my rod. And Moses put it out and he struck the water and you know what? The sea just opened up. A strong wind came. It blew through through the water and it dried up the, the, the ground. So the next morning early, the, the, the Israelites, they went through that sea on dry land. God did a miracle for them there. He parted the water. It says there the water was like, like walls on the side. And the water was pushed back, way back to a little town called Adam. And they walked through that sea on dry ground. So God's provision was already there. And that applies to you and me today. When you and I know that we can trust God because he's a trustworthy God, because he's given us everything that we need, then we know that it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Don't look at the circumstances. Look at Jesus. Trust him. Open our ears. Open our eyes. Spend time with him. Be in that close relationship, that intimate relationship with him, and you will see where you need to go, where you need to walk. And now the thing is, the Egyptians thought, wow, we can also go here into into the sea in this dry road that was created overnight. But you know what happened? The moment they went in there, God said, "Uh uh-uh, wait a moment, not so 
quick, you're not going to touch my people. And the moment they went in, it says the water started coming back. And the whole Egyptian army, together with Pharaoh, was drowned in that sea that day. And you know, I've, I've, um, this is many years ago, I've heard people actually went in and they found, this is many years ago, they actually found some of the chariot wheels that came off those chariots that day. So all the Egyptians were killed that day, right in that sea. The water just came on them and they were all killed. And it destroyed the, the, the Egyptian nation that day because of God being for his people. Because the, the Egyptians hardened their hearts all the time. Although the Bible says God hardened their hearts, it was their decision. It was their decision whether they wanted to work with God or whether they didn't want to. But God knew what they were going to do because he knows it anyhow. And it's the same with you and I. God knows what you're going to choose. But yet he wants you to choose for him and he wants you to choose life. And that is so cool. Now now we're going to go to uh, what I promised you in the beginning. Now, this is from the book of 2 Peter. It's a letter that Peter wrote, and I'm going to share a few scriptures with you here. Now, these are pointers just to help you to understand everything that I shared with you here. Uh, because God has already given you everything that you need. I've said it a few times, and here I'm going to show you and explain to you uh, how God has, has done this. Now, Peter here was uh, one of the apostles. He writes here uh, in 2 Peter 1 verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received like precious faith with ourselves in and through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, what is Peter saying here? I'm going to explain some of these things to you specifically so that you can understand. He says, God has given you like precious faith with ourselves. Now, what this means, God has given you and me exactly the same faith as we, what he gave to the apostles. That is what Peter is saying here. So you didn't get less faith than Peter. I didn't get less faith than you. You and I got exactly the same amount of faith. And you and I got exactly the same amount of faith as what the apostles got. And that is for every single person. The moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you receive everything you need as far as faith is concerned. But we receive more. Let's go on. Verse 2. And again, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the full, personal, precise and correct knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Remember what I talked about all the time. It doesn't matter all the stuff that has happened in your life. Yes, it may be great. Yes, and especially the things that God did. It's awesome. But you know what? Those things are not going to help you. They may assist you, but 
This is important. God wants you to have a full personal knowledge of God himself and of Jesus Christ. Just like Moses, to have that close and personal relationship so that you know when things happen that he will not let you go. That is so important for you and I to, to, to remember and to understand. And then he goes on in verse 3, he says, For God's divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence. Isn't that cool? So God has given you and I all things that we need for life and godliness. And godliness just means holiness or being separated for God. And that doesn't mean we move out of the world and we don't have anything to do with the world. No. The word says we are in the world, but we're not from the world. But God never intended for us to just stay separate and there in a, in a little spot. No. He wants you and I to be the light. He wants us to be the salt of the earth. And we're going to deal a lot on, on, on this that I just said. Yeah, we need to be the light and the salt of the earth. Because I, I know that we've been misled for many, many, even generations. And God wants to set this straight. He wants everyone to be saved. He wants us, you and I, as a born-again believer, He wants us to establish His kingdom here on the earth because He cannot do it on His own. He needs to work through you and I. That's just how God made everything. That's how He put everything together. So, okay. So, you and I have everything that we need for life and godliness. Again, through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence. And it's again, it's this personal thing. It's a personal relationship. God wants us to have this personally. And then he says in verse 4, By means of these, uh, these the, God's glory and his excellence, God has bestowed on us his precious and exceedingly great promises. So you and I have promises from God. Promises that must still come true, but he's already provided them. Just like the Israelites there in front of that Red Sea. That was a promise that gave the, God gave them. He said, I'm going to take you into the promised land, to Canaan. They didn't see how God was going to do it, but God said, I'm going to take you there. And he already knew how he was going to get them. He already provided everything for it. And it's the same with you and I. So that through these exceedingly great and precious promises, you and I may escape from the moral decay that is in the world because of covetousness and become sharers, listen, of the divine nature. You and I have the privilege to become partakers and sharers of God's divine nature. That's how he made you and I in the beginning. He said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. That's the privilege that you and I have. And that's 
what Jesus Christ came to give us. And that's why it's so precious to get into this personal relationship and nothing but nothing will be impossible for you and I. And then verse 5, For this reason, adding your diligence, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue. And in exercising virtue, develop knowledge. Now I'm going to go just read on here, just a few verses still. Because this is very important. This Remember I said to you at one stage, I'm going to show you God has given you all the faith you need. But he also wants us to work with our faith, to build on this faith that he's given us. And this is really what I'm sharing you here. So God wants us to be diligent and hold on to his divine promises. And so that we can employ every effort in exercising our faith. Because Although you and I have the faith, we have to exercise our faith. It's like going to the gym and building muscles. You have to exercise your muscles so that they can get strong and do what you want them to do for you. And so we have to develop virtue or then excellence. And in exercising virtue, develop knowledge. You see the progression, there's, there's, there's like a build-up. And I've never understood this. God showed this to me. And when I saw this, this is so cool. And he does it, he, he, he did it with a specific reason, which we'll get to in a moment. And in exercising knowledge, develop self-control. And in exercising self-control, develop steadfastness, which is patience and endurance. And ex- in exercising steadfastness, develop godliness. And in exercise godliness, develop brotherly affection. And in exercising brotherly affection, develop Christian love. So that's the ultimate, the love. Now listen to this. Verse 8. For as these qualities are yours and increasingly abound in you. Increasingly. Increasingly means as you build, it increases all the time. They will keep you from being idle and unfruitful unto the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. There it is again. The full personal knowledge of Jesus Christ. This is where you and I want to be. This is where we need to be in order to be effective. I want to be there. I may not be there, but I'm telling you, I've, I've left, I've taken off, and I want the same for you. We don't have to stumble and fall all the time. Verse 9, for whoever lacks these qualities, if you lack these and you don't take heed on these, you're blind, you're short-sighted, seeing only what is near to you, and you have become oblivious to the fact that you were cleansed from your old sins. That's a mouthful. And it's almost like a little bit of a bang, but This is cool. Now verse 10. Because of this brethren, be all the more solicitous and eager to make sure your calling and election. For if you do this, you will never stumble or fall. Remember what I said to you. This is what God gives us so that we will never stumble and fall. Because we don't have to. Yes, 
we human, I, I've heard that. But you know what here God says? We never have to stumble and fall. Because when we have this close relationship with him, then we will not. Because he is our friend. He wants to guide us. And he guides us when we are with him, when we listen to him, when we spend time with him. He goes with us. And he tells us exactly what's going to happen. He gives us all the intelligence that we need. He shows us exactly what he wants us to do to get there. Thus, verse 11. Thus, there will be richly and abundantly provided for you entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that is really what it's all about. God wants us to have a personal relationship with him because he wants you and I to live in the kingdom, but he also wants you and I to establish his kingdom right here on the earth. Man, this is so cool. I'm so pumped with... uh, being able to share this message with you. And I really trust that what I shared with you today will help you on your way and in your walk, in your daily life, so that you can understand and see that God really has good stuff for you and that he's given you a way so that you don't have to stumble and fall all the time if that's what you've been doing up to now. So thank you so much for listening to me and I really trust that God will help you as you maybe have to listen to this message again just until you get it please get it because I know the spirit of God is speaking through me I even have to go and listen to this message again because God is speaking through me and there might be things that I haven't really heard before and that happens all the time like that so thank you so much for listening share this message with a family member or a friend and make it your own so that you will never stumble or fall, but that you will have this close, intimate, personal knowledge of Jesus Christ. God bless you, and I'm looking forward to chatting you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning into the Rise and Shine show today. Please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends and family. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.